Hello, hello, yeah. Very good morning, very good morning. So good to be here again with you guys and you watching on YouTube. Welcome, very good morning. I want to invite you to open your Bibles in Matthew chapter 9, sorry, 6. And how was your Christmas and your New Year? Nice, lots of food, people around, lots of promises. Oh, this year I want to run a marathon, I want... Yeah. Oh, yeah, we have marathon in London. Where's Jude? Jude, he, he, oh, he's in the kids. He told me that he is his plan. He applied already for the marathon. Oh, great. So, see, wasn't a joke. It's real. <laughs> and it's the first Sunday of the year. Wow, what a privilege to be here, to stop for a moment. I don't know if you had time to stop between Christmas and New Year to think about your life. Oh, how will be this new year? Oh, what are we going to do? What's our plans? But this is a very important moment to stop before we start to run for the next year. I have some slides to show for you before we go into the text in Matthew chapter 6. Can we have a look in the first one? I don't know if the guys are there. I invited this lady to be with us today, Candy. Now, yes. Why is this lady with us today? <clears throat> She's an American artist. Her parents came from uh, Taiwan to America. She was born in America. And her story, it's very, uh, it's a beautiful story, sad and beautiful. Like many of us, she lost someone that she loved, was a lady, friend uh, of her, Joanne was the name. But around 15 years of deep friendship, Joanne was kind of a mother to Candy. Um, I lost this year, the last year, my sister, and the previous year, my mother, some of us, or our friends or relatives who have these stories around with COVID outbreak and all of this. And after um, Joanne passed away, Candy started a time of, of depression and, and grief. Because Joanne, uh, there were many things that Joanne would like to do before dying. And she would love to learn piano, to live some time in her life in France, and to see the Pacific Ocean. But she died. Then Candy started to ask to herself, what I would like to do before I die. Now, this is the first Sunday of the year. We avoid, we don't like to talk about those things. But our mortality and how short or meaningful can be the life and to find the beauty in the midst of our mortality and our life and the rush. It's so important for these moments to stop to think. Then in her street in the corner, there was an old house full of, um, what's the name, graffitis is the name, and dirty. She's an artist. Then she created a project. And the next three slides i show for you guys the next one, if we have there. She start this project. Before I die, I want to... And this blackboard was there with some, what's the name? Chalk? To write? Yeah? So she put that thing there one night. And the next morning, she saw people were completing the sentence. People in the street, because she left there these chalks, chalks for the people to write. And then before I die, I want to... Can we see the next two slides? I have different um, walls like this. 
in different languages across the whole world. And the next one, what happened? This project now is in 35 different languages, 78 countries, 5,000 walls like this. So I was checking their website, and I saw this statement, very important. Can we see the next one? Let me come with you. This is from their website. Uh, Before I Die reimagines how the walls of our cities can help us grapple, is the word, grapple, with mortality and meaning as community today. Mortality and meaning. Everybody's looking for a mission, a meaning in, in their life. So, the next slide, uh, they had this statement there. Whether written Spanish, Korean, or Farsi, we find the same universal chords. Anxiety about loss, desire for meaning, a need for forgiveness, and a hope for a fresh start. This is the first Sunday of the year. Maybe you have this in your heart, like I have as well. Uh, Hope for a fresh start, to start a new season in my life, in my marriage, and the way that I behave. But more than this, um, I need for forgiveness. So in all these walls across the globe, in many different nations, if you can check on the website later on, you see all the countries, you see the human heart. It's the same need. And the next one, Here's some of these responses, the answers to check with you. So, uh, before I die, I want to say sorry to you. Before I die, I want to look back and be able to say I did my best. Before I die, I want to meet God. The next one. Before I die, I want to fight someone who will understand me. Before I die, I want to sing even if I sound bad. This is me. Before I die, I want to find my father. I was reading responses on the website, and and then came to my heart. The human heart is looking for God. Maybe if you're watching this on YouTube, you are tired of church, religion, Christianity, but you are thirsty of God. And Jesus, when he started to teach us how to pray, he started with this. Teaching us about a father, a God, who can bring meaning, direction, and joy to our lives and hope. Now, let's go for the text. Do you have the text on the screen or I can read here? I don't remember. I sent the slides. I don't remember if I put there Matthew Chapter in the next slide, I think, is the next one. Yeah, it's there. All of us, we know. But let's read just to make fresh in our minds. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven, as it in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lord Jesus, this is your word. We are here 
We need you. We trust in you. Speak with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, before I die, I want to... <laughs> that sentence, and the last one that I read, I want to find my father. Straight away, I remember this first part of this prayer with Jesus. And I just, it, it's impossible in the time that we have here to share everything about this prayer with you. But it took some lessons, some few lessons for us, practical, to lead us in prayer for these next 22 days and to have in our hearts. The first one, first one is the next slide. Oh, yes, I forgot. It's funny because we start to read Matthew chapter 6 from verse 9. But the whole chapter, if you read later on, you see Jesus before the Lord's Prayer, before this prayer, he was teaching how to pray. And it's funny because in the Hebrew language and culture, when they need to give emphasis to something, to highlight something, it's different than us. How we do? We put in bold letters or highlight, but they repeat three times something important. So every time when you read your Bible and you see that repetition, actually the whole Bible is the repetition of the same story. You have the gospel everywhere in the Bible. Old Testament, New Testament, of course, and everywhere. But every moment when you see repetition, God's giving some emphasis in that point. About prayer life, Jesus starts this chapter 6. Actually, this chapter 6 is in the middle of the most famous sermon of Jesus, the Sermon of the Mount. Chapter 5, 6, and 7. And 6, when he's talking about prayer, verse 5, he said, when you pray, 6. But when you pray, 7. But when you pray. So the first one, when you pray, do not and do not do something. And this do not, he's talking about hypocrisy. Oh, is the right pronunciation? Hypocrisy? Yeah, thank you. So he's talking about hypocrisy. And then why hypocrisy? He's explaining. And the verse 6. He says, when you pray, go into your room. Talk with your father in, secret, in a secret place. And then again, when you pray, do not. And then he teaches about to not um, babbling or some words, some old versions, versions of Bible. You, you talk about vain repetitions or empty words with no heart, just repeating the same sentence. So, what's saying, what means the same sentence here. Jesus is not saying if you pray. He's not saying if you feel like, uh, I think I want to pray today. I felt that my flesh hates to pray. I don't want to pray because it's my flesh. My flesh fights against my spirit. My flesh likes to entertainment, to have entertainment all the time. But Jesus is saying when you pray. In other words, there is no option. <laughs> there is no option to walk with God. It's not a choice. When you pray, do not do this, do that, and do not do this. And then we have this prayer. In the next slide, you see some structure in this prayer. In the next slide, you see he first talks about God, not about himself or us. 
Your name, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done is your, is your, is God. God is the center, it's not me in this moment. First, God. Three moments praising God, talking about God in this prayer, and then about us. The daily bread, forgive us sins, lead us not to temptation. There's a structure. Like I said, we don't have time to go through all of this, but some few lessons. First one, next slide. First lesson. experience of relationship or affection. This then our Father in heaven. I love this sentence. In the original language, I'm, I'm sure some of us, we are familiar with this word. Here, some of us, you'll be the first time listen to uh, this word. But the word that Jesus was using here is a B-B-A, Abba. It's not the band, okay? <laughs> I'm sure you are thinking in some song now. You can dance. <laughs> Stop it now. Ah. It's too late. This word, Abba. We have different opinions about this, but all the opinions under the same umbrella. So, Abba, some scholars will say, no, Abba is a word that a child used this word uh, when he's talking about the father. So Abba means daddy, like a small child speaking, daddy. Some scholars will say, it's not only daddy, it's a word as well uh, that means I'm in total obedience to my daddy. Something like this. Why? Because, you see, English... Uh, we have around 200,000 words, but we use in our daily life just 10%. It's hard to find these numbers, but I was checking, around 25,000 words. But Greek, in the New Testament, we have millions of words, 5 millions. And the variations of words, you can go into 70 millions of words. Example, I eat, I ate. Is these two words? So all these variations of words brings different meanings. When you talk about the Hebrew language, we have a lots of meanings in one word. If you have a, 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 a Jew uh, friend, usually they say shalom, shalom to you, like, oh, shalom is good morning. No, it's not only good morning. Oh, it's peace. No, that word shalom, that means they are desiring for you, wishing for you, Peace, prosperity, joy, all the good stuff in one word. Shalom. That means, I don't know, some blessing of God. So when Jesus say, our Abba, he's saying, Daddy, but also, and I like this, I like this interpretation about Abba. It's a word for a child who doesn't know how to articulate very well the words, how to speak is nearly to a sound. In my language, Portuguese maybe be papa, daddy, but it's kind of wrong. Is that a toddler? Is a small child saying daddy, but kind of wrong sound is not the formal word. A child. So a child in a crowd like this, or in the, in the cafe area, lost, looking for the Abba, 
her or his Abba, a child looking for a father, all these different faces and voices and I'm not recognizing I am the child, but suddenly the child see that familiar face or that familiar arm open to, to the child. Come on, come on, come to Abba. The child doesn't know nothing about the Abba. Doesn't know if the father is a famous politician, is a rock star, is a lawyer. I don't know if my father is or rich or someone, some YouTuber. <laughs> but I know it's my father. And I can feel secure in that arms. As a child, I am not lost. I have an arm that I can go and run. Is my Abba. This is the very first word, how to pray. There's another moment when Jesus was praying. He was hanging on the cross. And around three in the afternoon, he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Do you think this is a nice prayer to say? Have you ever prayed like this? When you are praying and not feeling God, and looks like God's not there, and suddenly in the middle of your sentence in your prayer, you stop and think, does God really exist? Prayers, all this church stuff, is this real? You know that kind of prayer when you are praying and feeling dry, empty, hopeless, helpless, alone? This happened with me many times. And Jesus said, why have you forsaken me? In the second prayer, Jesus said, God, please forgive those guys around the cross. They don't know what they're doing. But in the third prayer, nearly to, to the death, when death was around here, him, he was about to die. In the last seconds, he used again the word, Abba. In your hands, I commit my spirit. 2022, there's some challenges waiting for you. And moments where you feel alone. Moments where I don't know how to behave, how to react, how to respond. Stop in this moment and look to your father, to your Abba. Abba, I don't know how to cope. I don't know how to handle this situation. I have no answers. I don't know that much about you, God. You are like a mystery, but I know that I can trust. I know that I can run to your arms. In your arms, I feel safe. I commit my spirit, my family, my new year, my future, my heart to you. You are my father. You are my father. This is the first moment in, in, this, in this prayer. And there is many ways to say Abba. You can say, Abba, a new year. We are walking together. Or you can say, Abba. But just say it. <laughs> Prayer 
as experience of relationship. To pray is relationship with God. He's not come to your Abba with a list. He's not Santa. It's relationship. Second lesson. Next one. Okay. Oh, I know these guys at the back. Prayer as experience of community. Our Abba. It's not my only. And our bread, they term. It's not my bread or daily bread. And this is so important. First, relationship with my father, the Abba. I can trust in his arms. I can run to him. When I don't know what to do, he is my father. Second, I am not the center of this prayer, of this year, in this relationship with God. It's not only about me. It's about us. It's about the people of God, the church, and us. It's our Father. Now, why this is so important, and I'd love to join here together the next sentence that Jesus said, your will be done. Why this is so important? Because it's against our very nature. I don't like to pray for the others. I like to pray for my plans, my family. Look, Father, I have, this is my plans for 2022, okay? I'm going to ask you to bless my plans. Oh, by the way, this is the sermon for the first Sunday of the year. Could you bless the sermon? And uh, I'm thinking have a trip this year. And then, or, uh, okay, so God's blessing my plans. When I talk about your will, I'm saying, okay, your will first. Us, second. Me, third. Yeah. I don't like this. I like to say, okay, this. Let's pray. 22 days of prayer. Breakthrough in my plans, in my career, in the future of my daughters. Oh, in my dreams for your kingdom, God. But things that gives me pleasure when I am the center of everything. When he's talking about our God. Or our daily bread. I don't like to share my bread. My bread is my time. My bread is my energy. My bread is my money. I don't like to share those things. Our nature and this prayer in the kingdom of God is very opposite. You see, the kingdom of God is, is upside down. It's the other way around. And it's talking about us. When I talk about your will, okay, God, your will be done as long as your will fits in my plans. I don't want to take any risk. I was praying this last week. I was talking with Giovanna, and it was so painful and wonderful at the same time because God showed me the idols of my heart, stability and control, to have a predictable life, to have everything. Okay, I will follow you, Jesus, with my seatbelt. I'll follow you, Jesus, but not ask too much for me. I'll follow you, Jesus, but I'm running because I need to run with my plans. If you ask me something to disrupt, to disturb my plans, ah, this is a story that Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 8, the wind blows whenever it pleases, and, and it's, it's the same for all of those or everyone who is born from the Spirit, not everything, every person. I don't like this because I like to have a plan. God, don't mess with my life this year. Don't disturb me. 
So I can go, if I need to talk with that person, if I need to do this, it has to be in my time, has to be in my own pace. I don't want nothing who runs out, who disturb my boundaries and my plans. So when Jesus say, it's our bread, it's to share the bread. It's not only mine. It's to spend time praying for things that are not mine. Names, people, church. When we pray, we're going to pray for these 22 days, for awakening, a revival. But what if the Holy Spirit says, okay, guys, I'll send a revival to Crawley. Oh, wait a minute, but you'll send it to that church, not to CCC. Uh, okay. Or are we happy to serve them? Is, is our Father our bread? Oh, God, please provide for that group and that family. Okay, I want to use you and your money and your car and your time to provide to them. Oh, me. Oh. It's to share. Is your will be done? Is your will. Sometimes I feel sorry for this word, a coward. Sometimes I feel... I'm not willing to take risks because I don't trust enough in my father's arm. I don't trust enough in my Abba. So, prayer as an experience of relationship and affection, but prayer as community. Guys, we are so sophisticated sometimes and so busy with stuffs, and we need to be busy with people. So I love this because it's, it's against the idols of my heart. Third lesson. Next slide. Of worship. God is holy. I love to talk about his holiness because God is my friend, but it's not my buddy, my mate. He is holy. And sometimes we lost this contemplation and this experience of his holiness. The Hebrew word for holy is something like kadosh, something like this. That means to cut, to separate. In other words, the meaning is uh, no one is like God. He's separate for everything else. He's something else. One sin, only one, was enough to destroy, to put the humankind apart from God. And then we need Jesus to, to bring the reconciliation. But one sin from the first Adam was enough. Because, because God doesn't tolerate sin. In the next slide, we have these two ver uh, verses. Habakkuk 1.13. You, uh, I think we have that, yeah. Your eyes, your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Job 15.15. If God places no trust in his holy ones, if even the heavens are not pure in his eyes. How much less mortals who are vile and corrupt, who drink up evil like water. Do you remember Isaiah chapter 6, who had the angels around the throne with the wings? Do you, uh, do you remember that some angels, they were covering their faces? They cannot see God's glory and holiness. It's just too much for them. The Bible says that this holiness is like a consuming fire. 
remember this when you go to pray. Remember this when we are here in this place singing these songs, repeating these words. Think in the words that we're speaking and think in the one who was receiving that words. Is the one when his name is speak is pronounced or heaven, everybody just bow down. John, uh, Revelation chapter 1 verse 15 says that John, when he saw Jesus, he fell as though dead. The same experience with Daniel, with, with the angel when he saw. It's a consuming fire. You don't see in the Bible, the Bible saying God is love, love, love. God is mercy, mercy, mercy. And he is. But you do see the repetition, giving emphasis in the Bible. God is holy, holy, and holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. So when Jesus talks about the Abba, Jesus talks about us. But Jesus talks about, hey, you are talking with someone that you have no idea about his holiness. This is reverence, is respect. Be careful. How many jokes we have with God today? If you ask for the Jew, Jew again, oh, what's the name of God? They never pronounce. And actually, it's kind of impossible because it's a lot of consonants. There's no sound. Something close that we have is Yahweh, maybe, but it's not this yet because it's, it's God. So, He's holy. When Jesus talks about hallowed be your name, he's a holy God. One more lesson for us. We have there, yes. I love Come on, guys, it's New Year. It's New Year. You need to forgive yourself. You need to send that mail, make that call, and talk with that person. Don't care this for the next year. Come on. In our logic, our mindset, our way to think the, the, the life, we think like this. Okay, I will repent, I will ask for forgiveness, and God will forgive me. I will repent, I will talk with that person, the person will forgive me. Is this uh, forgiveness uh, from God to us and from us towards someone our logic works like this, but it's not kind of like this. You can imagine this meeting in heaven before the creation of the world. God's Son, God's Spirit, and God's Father, they were all together. Okay, are we going to create the, the earth? Oh, yes, yes, and the humankind, yes, yes, but you know, they use sin against us. Oh, yes, I know. What are you going to do? Oh, forgive them. But wait, but and about your holiness and justice and Jesus was in a meeting I paid for it what do you mean no. I paid for our holiness and justice that's why first Peter 1 Peter 1 20 chapter 1 verse 20 says that, that the lamb was slain before the creation of the world that's why Revelation 13 verse 8 is right there that the cross exists. The sacrifice and the cross before the creation of the world. Everything before, everything before the cross was there. We are in this box called time. God isn't. 
He's in the future, in the past, the present. Everything for him is the same. We cannot understand. That's why in Ephesians chapter 1, it's written that he chose us, predestined us before everything. So when you are repent, when you have this moment of repentance, the forgiveness is there for you. Because repentance don't change God's hearts. Change my heart. Makes me humble. Breaks me. When I need to talk with someone, I don't need to live in their house forever. But I need, I need to forgive. Because it's not about what the other person has done to me. It's about what Jesus had done for me. So, I don't understand why some of us, we just don't forgive. Some of us who have it in our email, box email, and then have that folder with all the mails from five, ten years ago. We can use at that moment, oh, that day that person wrote, wrote that thing for me, I reply. I don't know why we have some old photos in our phones for that situation. I don't know why we still keep some friendships. I don't know why we don't... We don't close these cycles in our lives, these seasons in our lives. We need to forgive. We need to forgive ourselves. We are to fix a new year. Come on. It's not about the others. It's about Jesus. You need to forgive. So, prayer as an affection or relationship moment, affectionate moment, Prayer as community, sharing our bread, our time, our energy. And this is against our culture. And it's so tough when you are leading and, and you try to bring encouragement for people. Come on, let's go, let's do it. But there is no another way to serve Jesus. Prayer as a worship. Remember that God is holy. And as a reconciliation weapon. Let's do this this year. Take these lessons. If okay, Jesus, help me with this. So every time when you are gathering, come together, join together to pray. Remember this. You can write some names for this week. Three, four, I don't know, your relatives. To forgive in your heart. To release. It's liberating. To feel free from these burdens. You can look to your past because you still have memory. You remember you were unfair. You are not, you were wrong. But you still can remember with peace. Okay, I forgive myself. I know who I am in Christ. Because there's a new year waiting for you and me. Let's stand and pray. Can we have one song? And then after this song, we pray together. Let's stand to sing together with Ian. And after this song, I will be back here and we have a moment of prayer.